who's um who's ever found you know there are there are things in life that you thought were almost unshakable and somehow they get shaken we've been there you know there can be a and all sorts of levels can't they you can have that it can be at a personal level it can be somebody in your world and you thought they are rock solid that's never going to change and all of a sudden it does something happens that you didn't expect you know, um, a, a relationship breaks down, a, a marriage breaks up, or something that you just thought was never, ever going to happen, and you thought, you know, that one's rock solid, but, but perhaps it wasn't as rock solid as you thought. And in this world, I, I think there are not that many things that are rock solid. And, and even so, earlier tonight, Jemima was talking about who we who we press into, and who, and that was Janelle, rather. And, and you know, that, that, that what, where, where we go to when, when things are shaken. Uh, a number of years ago, it's probably the one and only I can remember, but I woke up when, years and years ago, we lived at Lena Valley, and, and I remember waking up one morning, and, and for some reason I was there by myself. I don't know if Alex was away or, or went somewhere early or whatever, but it, it was like... I, all of a sudden, my bedroom is shaking. And, 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 you know, I hadn't taken anything. I hadn't had weird pizza. Um, and and the, the whole thing was shaking. I still really remember we had this, this wrought hind bed head. And, um, you know, it was, it was rattling. And, and I was in the room by myself. So there was, there was no, no weirdness. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can be weird by myself, but trust me. Um, and, then, and then it stopped. And I thought... Did that just happen? Or, you know, or did I imagine it? Or, or, or what, was, what was going on? And then, you know, we, we took the news on and we found out that we actually had um, an earthquake and, 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 and quite a large tremor in Hobart. It's the only one I can ever remember of any significance that's, that's ever happened in this part of the world. And apparently there was a, an earthquake out in the um, Indian Ocean somewhere, I believe, and it, it actually came through this way enough, enough to shake things, enough to, uh, to rock. Now, if you lived in other parts of the world, if, if you lived in, in parts of New Zealand or if you lived in San Francisco or somewhere like that, um, that might be just something that was part of your life and was normal. But you know, here in Hobart, that wasn't something that happens to us. We, you know, we don't get earthquakes. The, the ground doesn't just start shaking you know, for no reason. And it did on that day. And it, I still remember it was a, a really, really weird experience. And when things that are normally solid, things that are normally reference points start to move, we can feel or we can become disorientated or confused. And I reckon there are not that many things that are absolutely rock solid. In the last 10 years, we've seen you know, political systems and things change that once we thought, yeah, that's rock solid. But, you know, all of a sudden it's not there anymore. And, and it's, it's not hard to even, even imagine that, you know, for, for years in the Western world, we, we thought, oh, yeah, no, the US, they're strong, they've got this. But, but, you know what, we understand that they're in so much debt they can never get out of it. You know, we understand and we see now that, yeah, things could unravel, that it's, it's, it's not like we imagined once. And, and, and then, you know, there's, there's a different world order and we see, you know, new powers arising and, and stuff that was really different to what we once imagined is changing. And 
We don't have to be scared by that. I, I certainly don't live in any fear of that stuff. But what it does show me is that the things that we might have once thought were totally unshakable are very much shakable. Those things that, that you thought, oh, yeah, that's like the Rock of Gibraltar. Well, perhaps it's not. But what I do want to say tonight, I want to remind us that in Christ, if you are in Jesus Christ, if you've come into the kingdom of God, you are part of something that is completely unshakable. You have actually joined and you're part of the unshakable kingdom. No matter what happens around you, that is something that will not and can't be shaken. It says this in Hebrews twelve twenty eight. It says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and, and please God by worshipping him in holy fear and awe. When we come into the kingdom of God, we are part of something that is completely unshakable. You're adopted into an unshakable family. Your faith, belief and values are actually based on an unshakable truth. You know what the really cool thing about the kingdom and the word of God is that that our world can shift and change and, and our world views can be different and all that. And, and we've actually, you know, we've got to... We've, we've got to think about those things and we've got to navigate a changing world. But you know what? The truth, Jesus Christ, the truth of, of God, who he is, actually stands above and beyond and through all those things. It is completely unshakable. How can we stand unshakable? When, you know, there are things that, are certainly very, very shakable. Things that we might have thought once, oh yeah, that could never happen. And sometimes they do. And, and many of you have walked that stuff. You know, you've, you've been through stuff. You thought, I could never even see myself doing this or being in this circumstance or being in this situation, but here I am. And, and, and your life has, has almost like it's been grabbed and it's been shaken and it's been sifted. But how do we, how do we live in an unshakable way when those things actually do happen in our world, when those things do come our way. Well, first of all, like I said, when we come into the kingdom of God, yeah, we're part of an unshakable kingdom. But what does it mean to live out an unshakable faith in a changing world? What does it mean to live an unshakable faith in a changing world? Listen to what Jesus said about that. And he lived in a time that was pretty shaky. He lived in a time where the Roman Empire were, were, were really hitting their straps. Things were, things were, were strong. And, but he also lived with the tension of, of in, in, in a Jewish society that were battling against that. And, and, and that, that whole stuff, there, there were tensions there. Things were, were very shaky. And, and we actually find out that soon after Jesus was crucified and, and, and left the earth and went back to heaven, that the Romans just had enough of what was going on in Palestine. They just had enough of this sort of little backwater that was a whole lot of trouble, and they came in and they torched the place. They said, enough's enough, and, and, and all of a sudden that whole place was shaken. And this is the society, this is the people. This is the feeling in which Jesus says this. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching 
and follows them is wise. He's like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Have you ever felt like, gee, I wish, I'd like to be able to sort of shake-proof my life. (laughs) I'd like to be able to build something that is actually going to stand the storm. This is going to stand the stuff that comes against us. And I believe that when we come into the kingdom of God, that there is something we can, we can actually have a faith that stands unshakable, that, that actually is stormproof, is shakeproof. Though the rains and the torrents and the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But if anyone... Here's my teaching and doesn't obey it. He's like a foolish person who builds his house on the sand. When the rains and the floodwaters come and the winds beat against it, that house will collapse with a mighty crash. There are two ways rains come. As you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very avid cycling person. So, of course, I've been... Following the Tour de France. Mm. Mm. No, not that close behind. That's, uh, that's in that sort of taking something pizza zone that I could do that. But, but the, the night before last, the day if you're in Europe, but night in Australia, um, the, 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 the Tour de France is getting to the pointy end, you know. For, for those that are sort of not into it, it just goes on and on and on. But, you know, um, for those of us that are, it's exciting. Um, and it's getting to the pointy end, and basically the, the whole race is going to be decided on pretty much on, on two stages high up in the French Alps. And, 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 and all of a sudden these guys, you know, they've, they've turned themselves in right inside out they've been riding their bikes for nearly three weeks you know basically 200 k's a day for 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 21 days and and that and they're at that end of the race and and they get over this this big this highest point in the tour de france it was it was over two and a half thousand meters of altitude they get over and and these guys um these guys are descending down the other side and the guy who's leading the race had, had lost time and he is going. He is going hell for leather down the other side. He's taking incredible risks and, and he was actually catching the guys that were in front of him. And, and all of a sudden they said, the race, is, the, the stage is off. It's done. Stop, stop, stop. And, and you could see these guys trying to reset themselves because they were, they, they were set to get the end of it. They were set to try and make up time on, that, on, that next, on the next climb. And all of a sudden they had to stop and they couldn't work out why. They couldn't understand why. And, and you know, some of them were angry, some of them were bewildered and there were all these different uh, emotions that were going on. And obviously once they realised what had happened, it made sense to them. But there was, 
there, there was such a deluge of, of rain and snow that came down through this valley beside this lake. And some of you may have seen the pictures and, and, and they had, you know, had machinery there just pushing snow and water off the road. And then there was a mudslide that came down, was, was running down the road. So it was absolutely impassable and, and, and there was no way they could have got through. So they had to call the, the race where they did. But, you know, th- that was a storm that, that didn't just gradually build up. It actually came with a torrent. It came with a flood and it, and it, it, it actually changed the, the whole nature and the makeup of, of a big bike race. It changed it there in an instant. And sometimes the rains in our life, they come like that. And we don't even know what's happening. We don't know why we've got to change course. We don't get it. We don't understand. But it's all, it's, all of a sudden, it's bang, it's there. Other times, the rain just sort of rains and rains and rains and rains and it just sort of sneaks up, like it does here in Tassie. You know, and if you've got a house and, and maybe you haven't got your, your downpipes and things working properly, you know, over, over time that rain will just sort of overflow from that gutter and it will keep falling in the same place and it will keep running down that path and, and eventually it, it, it starts to wash away the foundation of a house or eventually it starts to, to do damage. And, and out of the blue, when it perhaps not, isn't even raining, all of a sudden you get something that collapses or shifts. And I think in our life, there are two things that will happen to us. And it's not if they happen, but it's when. You will have storms that will come to your life, like a flood, like a torrent, like that stage of the Tour de France, when all of a sudden it just opens up and it bang. And you're like, what's going on here? What's happening? Jesus, I didn't sign up for this. But it is life. It will happen from time to time. And then there are other things that sometimes we're not really aware of. And it's just that, that rain that falls and it drip, 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 drip. And all of a sudden it's washing away a foundation. And one day we were there and the next day it was all missing. And it collapsed. How do we shake-proof our world. Storms will come and the rain will be constant. And I think you've got to be secure against the storm and you've also got to understand that there is always going to be stuff that's running down and we've got to be able to deal with both of them. How can you stand unshakable when opposition beats against you? How can you stand unshakable when things come thick and fast? How can you stand unshakable when it feels like you're not going to keep your head above water? Well, I believe that you can stand unshakable. It says this in Proverbs 12, verse 3. It says, you can find firm footing in a swamp. Sorry, you can't find... I'm leading you astray there. You can't. Well, you probably can if you stick your foot down far enough. You can't find firm footing in a swamp, but life rooted in God stands firm. Listen to what Colossians 12 verse 7 says. Let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow stronger in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The roots of a tree do do at least two things. They... They draw water and nutrients up from the ground. You know that. They stretch out and they, and they draw that up to keep the tree going. The other thing is they, they, they stabilize the tree so that, it, so that it, it'll stand, don't they? 
And our, our eucalypt trees here in Australia are, are classics of that. And sometimes in, you know, if, if they, they'll, they'll grow in all sorts of places, but, but often in, in hard, rocky soil, their roots don't go down very deep. And they, they, they'll spread out quite a long way um, across the topsoil. But if you get a big enough storm on them, you know, the wind will actually uproot that tree and you'll, you'll see it. You'll see the tree come down. And often when you come and, and stand next to that tree that's down, you know, the, the, roots, the root system's way up in the air. But it, it didn't actually go down deep enough to grab hold of something to stop that tree blowing over. Yes, there was a root system there. Yes, it was spread out. But it actually wasn't attached to anything that was able to keep that tree up. Um, I remember we were, we were water skiing um, on the Murray River on a, on a houseboat and, and we pulled up somewhere and there were these massive trees, massive, massive trees that had been growing uh, along the, the banks of the Murray River. And what had happened over time is that as the water sort of comes down the river and it erodes the soil away and it keeps taking the soil away from the root system, uh, eventually, you know, these massive trees just just fall over and, and, and you're standing there looking at them and you're looking up and the root system's actually, you know, larger than a lot of trees. It, it's massive and it's huge. But, but this monster of a tree actually falls over because what was actually holding up that root system eroded over time. And sometimes our, our walk in Jesus Christ can be like that. We, you know, we come in and we, we start strong, but over time there are things that just erode away at that, at that root system, that, you know, disappointment. Um, we, we get familiar. We, 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 when, we, when we got saved, we were excited and we are reading our Bible and we were, we were praying. But after a while, we just sort of think, oh, yeah, I've got this. It's cool, you know. I, I can actually just pray as I drive. That's good. And, you know, and, and nothing wrong with that at all. But, but you know, we, we actually take for granted some of the things that have actually got our root system down deep and, and made us strong. And, and over time, the worries of life and the journey and the familiarity and, and, and actually just not doing the stuff that we're called to do, that we're not praying, we're not reading the Bible, we're not meeting with people who encourage us, we're not getting to a connect group, we're, we're, we're not actually being challenged and, 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 it, and it gets eroded to a point where when the storm comes, bang. Over we go. I thought, gee, I'm flat on the ground. I didn't ever expect to be here. But, but we can actually avoid that if we understand that our root system needs to go down deep and it will support us and hold us up. Colossians 2, 5 and 7 says, and it's Paul writing to the Colossians, he says, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and your steadfastness in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in your faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So how, how, do, we, how do we stand unshakable? How do we stand unshakable when we know storms are going to come? How do we stand unshakable when we know there are things that will just gradually erode away um, at at those things that will hold us up, that will erode away at our foundations if we don't watch them? How do we stand unshakable in that? Well, the words that Paul uses here, particularly in the Greek, the order and steadfastness were both military words. And, And Paul is basically, he sees the situation that the Colossians 
as being that of an army under attack and that their lines were unbroken. He says to them, you guys have actually had it coming against you, but, but you've actually stood firm like a good army where your lines of communication, your lines of supply have actually remained unbroken so that you can actually rem- continue to function. And in our society, nobody wants to come and hear you talk about discipline, do they? It's, it's not a very cool thing to talk about discipline. But in an army, an army will not survive if they don't have a couple of things going on. They've got to have an unbroken chain of command so that people know what they've got to do. They've got to have an unbroken chain of supply so that they can get food and fuel and be able to, to keep that army working. And, and, and they've actually... And they've got to have an unbroken chain of authority so everybody's doing the right thing. And, and in it, if we want to stand unshakable, we've actually got to choose order. And, and I think I'm all for, for talking about the freedom that we have in Christ, but it's actually the order that we choose in him that gives us the freedom. How, how does that work? Well, sometimes you'll, you'll see our, our musos get up here. And, and if, if I could honour another hero, I'd honour Jemima. You know, she, she stands up here and, and, and she'll, she'll be on a guitar and, and she'll, she'll lead us in free worship. And she's in tune with the Holy Spirit and, and, and she's, she's, she's sort of sensing the atmosphere that's going on in the room and she's so gifted at that. But, you know, it's actually based on some discipline and order. Jemima... Jemima doesn't make a big thing of it, but she's a good musician. She knows, she knows her stuff. She knows how to play a guitar. She didn't just, she didn't just get there by, by free worshipping. She didn't just get there by freestyling. She actually got there by, by learning, the, you know, learning the chords and understanding the instrument so that when she stands up here, she's actually not tied back by thinking, oh, where's that chord and how do I do that? And, and, and oh, gee, uh, you know, it, it's something that actually the freedom grows out of the order. And, and in our life, if you want to be free in Jesus Christ, it, it's actually based on some order and some discipline that you put in place that allows you to live free and freedom. It, it actually allows you to live more spontaneous and actually feel like you're not tied to things. It's often when we're, when we're battling and we're trying to find stability and order that we actually don't have the freedom that we're called to live by. If we want to be part... And stand unshakable where we need to make discipline, order and obedience part of our life. Like I said, not very exciting, but it works. It makes the big difference when when we're actually disciplined before our God and and we choose to be accountable to him. We choose to be first of all accountable to our God and then accountable to godly leadership and actually put those orders um, in our life. All right, number two. how, How do we stand unshakable? Well, I believe that we've got to become a pilgrim. And I'm not talking uh, about putting on weird clothes and walking barefoot to Jerusalem just to say, you know, I'm I'm a pilgrim of the faith. But basically, a a pilgrim is a traveller on a journey to a holy place. A pilgrim is a traveller on a journey to a holy place. And, And I'd like to think when I come into relationship with Jesus Christ that I am on a journey to a holy place. That, that I, I'm on, the, the Bible actually says that he takes us and we should change from glory to glory. In other words, we come more like him. 
just don't get too upset when you make mistakes because you'll make some more. Don't, don't get too worried about the fact that you don't arrive every single time. Just remember, you're a pilgrim. <laughs> you're on a journey to a holy place. You're actually on a journey from glory to glory. And, and you know, we're continuing to, to go from, from place to place. And I'm not talking about all, you know, living as spiritual gypsies. But, you, you know, you're, you're going from this, this, this level of understanding with Jesus to, oh, I've made some mistakes. I've mucked up here. Okay, well, what are you trying to show me in that, Lord? And he actually takes you deeper. He takes you into another place. He takes you into a, a deepening of your relationship and your understanding with him. I mean, Alex and I have been married for, I don't know, I think it's close to 30 years now. We got married in, um, in um, 1990. So anyway, you can do the maths. It's not quite 30 years. And, but, but, you know, the, the fact that, that we know each other really well and, and, and we, we've gone through some tough times and some great times and all the stuff that's going to happen when you've been together that long, but, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's often the mistakes, it's the arguments, it's the missing each other, it's the, gee, that season was hard, that, that actually brings that place of, of, of stability and, you know, and, and, and intimacy and understanding in your relationship. And it's like that with Jesus. Unless, unless you've actually had to, to push into some hard places with Jesus, you actually won't find out how amazing he is. You won't find out how big his grace is. You won't find out how large um, his capacity to forgive and restore and, and, and put your feet on a rock when you've fallen and you've, you've mucked up. You know, some of you have been, you know, going through depression and all sorts of stuff like that, you know, and, and we can think, oh, I'm a second-class Christian. I shouldn't be in that place. Well, you know what? You actually are just going to find out how amazing Jesus is. You're just going to find out how, how far his grace extends. You're going you're gonna to find out how much he is willing to restore and how far he wants to take you. Let's not worry. You know, we can learn from the mistakes, but in the mistakes, let's push into Jesus. And let's just find out how amazing his forgiveness, his restoration is. But it does take, as the, the first point was, it takes discipline to do that. A, a pilgrim, you know, it sort of sounds like these hippies sort of wandering off everywhere, but a, a pilgrim is pretty disciplined. They've actually said, you know what, I'm going to get there. <laughs> and, and there's a whole lot of things I'm not going to do because I'm on this journey. And, and, and often that's what it takes. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're on a journey. In Ephesians 4 verse 1 it says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk worthy of your calling with which you have been called, rooted and built up in him. And the band want to join me now. I'll finish with this one. I've got a number of other points, but this will do for now. Be permanently planted. The, the Greek word there used for putting your roots down is, is, is a word something like rizu. And basically, it means, it means once and for all being planted. In other words, not being a tumbleweed. It means, you know, putting, putting that, that, that tree down. We've, we've um, had, had trees at times that we go to the nursery and buy, and, 
and sometimes Alex will be a bit, because she, she makes these important choices in our house, like where trees go and things like that. Because, you know, I haven't got the eye. It's all right, I, I say that like she's critical, but I don't. She does. So she, she, she works that out. But she'll often, you know, have a, have a tree in a pot and she'll, she'll put it somewhere, you know, to think, is it going to work there? Is it, is it actually going to sit there? You know, is that going to work? Or, or we've got another problem at our place. Anything that we put in the front area that's unfenced gets absolutely decimated by wallabies. And then, you know, we, we actually bought all these things and, from the nursery. And, and, and the guy said, yeah, well, they could be wallaby proof, but we're not sure. So we just put them out there for one night and some of them were completely gone the next morning. So we knew they wouldn't work. But, you know, the, while it's in a pot, you, you, can actually, you can actually move it around and you can put it here or there or, or, or anywhere. And as Christians, sometimes we actually think we're pot plants. Sometimes we, we just think, you know, we're, we're in this pot and we can be over here or we can be over there. And, and you know, we, we sort of get rocked around. But, you know, that, what Paul's saying is, is actually be planted. You're not a tumbleweed. You've actually got to, got to allow yourself to get out of the pot. You've actually got to decide that your roots are going to go down deep into him, that you're not blowing around, you're not being tossed around by every breeze that comes along. And, and, I, and I think that's the same, you know, with our, with our, in our journey, with our relationships, with our church journey, with our, with our faith. If, you know, sometimes we can sort of, oh yeah, I'll be here for a while and then I'll go over there. And, you know, God does lead us different places. I, I get that. But, you know, there's, there's a sense where if you're going to be in something, let's put our roots down. Say, so, you know, I, I, I'm actually allowing, I'm allowing myself to be, to be planted. I'm allowing myself to be where God has called me. And, and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be a, a spiritual pot plant. I, I'm actually going to let my, my roots go down where I can actually get some nutrients, where over time I, I can actually grow and I can develop and I can, I, I can become strong. I can become solid. You know, that, if we leave those, some of those, those, plants in the pot, they'll, they'll grow for a fair while, but they'll never reach their potential until you take them out of the pot where they can get full nutrients. You know, that they will stay like a stunted tree. One of the saddest things that sometimes you see when people have, have been through, you know, a, a big trauma in their life, and, and particularly sometimes you'll see somebody that experienced something horrific as a child that they, they should never have had to experience. And perhaps 20 years later, there's a part of their life that, 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 that has actually stopped in that place. You know, there's part of their emotional development that has not moved on from, from that trauma or that thing that happened. And, and, and it's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like something came and put a little pot around that area and, and contained it and held it in that place and stopped it moving on. You know what? The Holy Spirit actually wants to come in and He wants our roots to go down deep. And for some of us, there are some of those little pots, there are those little little areas that He actually wants to break off our lives. And He wants to say, you know what? That's, that's there. And, and I don't, he, He's not saying, I'm going to fix you. He lives out time, outside time and space. Sometimes in the kingdom we think everything's a rush. We think we, we, we realize the imminence of certain things, but you know what? Well, we've, we've actually got time. We've got time to go on a journey with Jesus. 
We've got time for him to break some things down and, and bring healing to areas of your life. You've, you've actually got time for him to do something incredibly amazing in you. But what we've actually got to be prepared to do is, is totally be planted in him. And there's a bit of a risk in that, isn't there? That sometimes we've actually got to get out of our little... Our tiny little fishbowl or our own little ecosystem. Actually take a risk and allow our roots to go down into him. You'd be amazed at what happens. Some stuff's going to break off. Some healing's going to happen. Some of you who have felt like I'm pretty shaky future are going to be like tall oak trees, like massive eucalypts that bring support and shade that other people come around because your roots have actually gone down deep and you will have endured a storm, you will have endured a flood, you will have endured a fire, you will have endured the dripping rain that just comes you would have felt some pain but your roots will have stayed deep and you'll find yourself getting up in the morning and saying praise Jesus that I am part of an unshakable kingdom praise Jesus that I have an unshakable relationship with you